Here is today's word from the Lord. Our Father, as we open your word this morning, I pray for each of us that you would give us open hearts. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see the truth in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Diane Comp is a pediatric oncologist at Yale University. She was once an atheist and she began to notice some things and became an agnostic and eventually became a believer and a follower in Jesus Christ. She says that her transformation and conversion was based on watching the experiences of young children with cancer as they approached death. She writes that children had no presupposed reasons for coming up with these near-death experiences. No predisposed pictures, no plans to publish a book, and it affected her and it changed her. In her book, A Window to Heaven, When Children See Life and Death, Comp remembers being with a family in their final moments with their seven-year-old daughter who was dying of leukemia. The angels, they're so beautiful, Mommy. Can you see them? Do you hear their singing? I've never heard such beautiful singing. Comp says, the word that most closely describes what I felt at that moment is a gift. Other children spoke of being totally surrounded by a warmth and strength and love so great that like those apostles who met the risen Lord, they were filled with a confidence that made them unafraid to face anything. Our text this morning from the Gospel of Luke is a life lesson on paradise. I believe that Jesus gives us a glimpse of the afterlife because He doesn't want us to miss out on being with Him in paradise. He shares a parable intended for the listeners of His day, but whose truth transcends the centuries to our present time. So if you have your Bible, if you'd open with me please to Luke chapter 13, or if you have the scripture insert, if you'd follow along. Luke chapter 13, it's in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, verse 22. Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? Lord, are only the Jews going to be saved? Lord, are only our group going to be saved? Maybe the real question the person is asking is, Lord, am I going to be saved? Saved means to be delivered, to be healed to be made whole. It was used to mean being delivered from the fiery pits of hell. It was used to mean being healed of the effects of sin and alienation from God. It was used to mean being made complete as a complete person when one's spirit is made alive by the Holy Spirit. This term's not too foreign for us Southerners as most of us have been asked, brother or sister, have you been saved? And what they mean by this is, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and appropriated His death on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins? Are you going to heaven? I've heard the same question asked something like this. If you were to die tonight, do you know that you would go to heaven? What about heaven or paradise? We know it's a place. We know it's somewhere in another dimension of time and space. We know that it's immediate. Remember Jesus with the two thieves hanging on the cross? And He says to the one thief in Luke 23, 43, 
I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. It's immediate. This word comes from an oriental word meaning garden, as in Eden. A lush, wonderful, refreshing, life-giving place. In the Revelation of John, the Lord says in verse, or chapter 2, verse 7, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Often paradise and heaven are correlated with John 3.16 and eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. I've shared with some of you uh, several years ago I had a dream that I died and I went to heaven. And Peter is giving me this tour and I noticed these round things. They look like clocks with a dial on it. And I said, what, what are those things? And he says, well, whenever somebody sins, the dial goes around and it makes a beep. Well, about that time, I saw one that said Mark Riggler on it. And all of a sudden, it went beep. <laughs> and we're, as we continue to go through this vast array of these things, for some reason, I eyed my wife's. And it was going beep, beep, beep. <laughs> for some reason, I asked, well, where's Ken Landers? <laughs> and Peter smiled with a big grin. He said, oh, Ken's. We have his back in the office on the desk. We use it as a fan. <laughs> on another visit to heaven, St. Peter was giving a tour. As we went through heaven, there was room after room of different people in it. In one room, there were people jumping up and down and hooping and hollering. And Peter says, well, those are the Pentecostals. Then he showed me another room with people bowing and crossing themselves and having communion. And he said, oh, those are the Roman Catholics. And as we go down this corridor, he takes me by the hand and he goes, shh, quiet. Shh. And as we peek into a room, he says, those are the Baptists. They don't think anybody else is here. <laughs> For all my Baptist friends, a Baptist told me that, okay? I'm we're not picking on the baps. Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? Are you going to be saved? Jesus answers this question with a parable. In this parable, He first paints a picture of an entranceway to paradise. Verse 24. He said to them, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and not be able to. Enter by the narrow door. Literally, it's narrow gate. It's the same word in, in the Greek language. Gate and door. Enter by the narrow door, the narrow gate. Strive to enter by it, he says. That is, make every effort. Work at it. Many will try and not be able to. They'll try all kinds of ways, but they'll not get in. They won't go through the gate. They don't want to go that way. By the way, Jesus told us what the gate was. Listen to what He says in John chapter 10, verse 7. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. 
He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Jesus is the gate. He's the door. We enter into eternal life through Him and Him alone. Sadly, many people miss this. Sadly, many people go about their way and they ignore it. They focus on being righteous, trying to do all the right things. They focus on being religious, trying to make sure you do everything religiously right. Or they focus on being rebellious. I just don't want to have anything to do with that. And they miss out. They miss out on knowing Jesus. Jesus says, strive to enter by the narrow door. Secondly here, Jesus paints a picture in this parable of a feast in paradise. Verse 29. People will come from east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Those who are believers in Jesus will be invited to the great marriage feast of the Lamb. I guess that means we get to eat in paradise. I like that. I like to eat. Every time you and I celebrate the Lord's Supper, it's not only a remembrance of what Jesus did for us on the cross, it's also a foretaste of a heavenly banquet that we'll all partake of one day. People will come from east and west and north and south. This means they will come from all over the world. It isn't just for a reserved group of a few people, a select elite. They'll come from all over the earth. And that brings us to the next point about this parable. Some will get in and some will not. Some will get in and some will not. Verse 25. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. Now I know we've been told today it doesn't matter. I know in our modern church we're told everybody makes it. We're told that again and again. It doesn't matter. Everybody's going to go to heaven. All dogs go to heaven, right? I mean, that's what we're told. But he says some will not make it. The door will eventually close and some will be left outside. They will not be with Jesus in paradise. Now what aches me about this is this happens too much. And the church, sadly to say, is guilty. Because we are not portraying the gospel as Jesus has said. Several years ago, a cardiologist from the University of Tennessee, Dr. Morris Rawlings, released a book entitled, Near Death's Door. Now, Dr. Rawlings shared that while working in the emergency room, he and his associates interviewed over 300 individuals who claimed to have near-death experiences. You know what a near-death experience is. You clinically die, and then they're able to bring you back. And then they have this story, some of them, of what happened while they were gone. What made his study unique was that after, when he conducted his interviews was immediately after these events took place, not months or years later. This was also important because the patients at that point were still kind of too shocked and shaken up to, to be able to create and reimagine or, or create a story. Nearly 50% of them reported encountering images of fire tormented or tormenting creatures and other sites hailing from a place very different from heaven. In follow-up interviews much later, many people had changed their story. 
apparently unwilling to admit to their families that they caught a glimpse of something like what the Bible calls hell. And this is what Dr. Rollins writes in his book. Just listening to these patients has changed my life. There is life, there is a life after death. And if I don't know where I'm going, it's not safe to die. Not everyone makes it into paradise. And I don't share this with you to scare you into the kingdom because I don't believe that's the way God wants it to be. But I'm sharing it with you because it's the truth as Jesus taught it. One day the door will be closed. Well next let's look at the reactions of those who don't get in. First we see that they were some who were pleading. Verse 25. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading. Sir, open the door for us. Please, Lord, open up. Please, pleading. And look at the master's response. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Pleading will not open the door. But then they go to reminding Verse 26. Then you will say, We ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. Lord, don't you remember us? We ate with you. You taught us. We, we came to your table almost every week and had bread and wine. Don't you remember us? The Master's response, verse 27. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. Reminding him will not open the door. And then we see that there's weeping. Verse 28. People will come from... Excuse me. Wrong verse. There will be weeping there. And gnashing of teeth. Weeping. This word in the Greek language represents a loud expression of weeping. Of crying. It's, the King James translates it wailing. It's a piercing kind of weeping. And then there will be anger. There will be gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. Gnashing of teeth, that represented anguish or indignation. It means you're really angry. You can just imagine, I mean, just imagine yourself really angry and you're... Can you... The gnashing of teeth. Not everyone will get in. Then he gives a warning in verse 30. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first, and first who will be last. Take heed if you think prominence in the church will get you in. Take heed if you think position in the church will get you in. Take heed if you think performance in the church or in your life will get you in. Now notice here, he's not saying that everyone who is last will be first and everyone who is first will be last. He's saying that there are some who are first and some who are last. Now this was a tough message to the first century listener and it's a tough message for us because we don't hear this. Most of them thought they had it made. Most of them thought that because of their their religious heritage they could get in. A former parishioner of mine in a former church said this. He said, I'm not really concerned about if I go to heaven or hell. I've got good friends in both places. 
Well, that is kind of funny, but on the other side of it, it's kind of serious. I saw this poster in a restaurant. If you make it to heaven, you'll be surprised at who you see. A lot of people who you thought would not be there. And of course, a lot of people will be surprised to see you. It's knowing God through Jesus and what He did for us on the cross that enables you and I to have eternal life. It's knowing Him that enables us to have eternal life. What is eternal life? Jesus gave. There's only one definition in the Bible of eternal life, and it's John 17:3. And it's the prayer in a prayer that Jesus was praying. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life is the ability to know God, to have an intimate, personal, meaningful relationship with Him, where God isn't just this cosmic something out there somewhere, but there's a personal, intimate relationship, being able to know Him. We're in the midst of a presidential election, and we hear a lot about the candidates on both sides, and many of you know a lot about each of these candidates, but there's a difference between knowing the candidates and knowing about them. Many of us know a lot about God. We may know our Bible, we may know liturgy, we may know all kind of church history, but there's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. Eternal life is the ability to know Him in a personal way. Did you notice that the responses that the Master gave in this parable, depart from me, I did not know you. I did not know you. I don't know who you are. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says this, Many will come to me on that day, meaning judgment day or the day when we die. Many will come to me on that day. Lord, Lord, they will say. And by the way, listen to these things they say and how religious they are. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Any of you foretold the future in his name? Any of you cast out demons in his name? Any of you done miracles in his name? Those are pretty religious things. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Eternal life is the ability to know him. It's the gift he gives us. So how does one receive eternal life? It's by faith. We're saved by grace through faith. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whosoever believes in Him, faith, shall not perish, but have eternal life. It's by faith. This is a life lesson from Luke on paradise. Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, Make every effort to enter by the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try and not be able to. A pastor, Dan Meyer, writes, I think of the old cemetery in Indiana. It has a tombstone bearing the following epitaph. Paul, stranger, when you pass me by, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you will be. So prepare for death and follow me. Those words are almost as stirring as the ones some passerby scratched beneath them. They read, To follow you, I'm not content until I've known which way you've went. 
And isn't that really it? Which way are we going? The promise of the gospel is that you and I, by faith, are able to have eternal life. Paradise in heaven. I want to stop now and just invite you to consider where you are in your life. Perhaps you're one that's been religious or going through the motions. Maybe you hadn't been religious, but you don't know God. God is still this thing just foreign to you. All it takes is faith. Receiving Him into your, your life. Acknowledging who you are. And that is that, that we've all blown it. We, we haven't gone God's way. We've walked our own way without Him. Acknowledging that. Confessing our sin. Receiving Him into our life. So I want to take a moment and have a moment of silence. And if you're someone who doesn't know God this day. I want to give you the, the chance to enter into a sacred relationship with Him. By inviting Him in. Let us pray. Father, I pray for anyone here this morning who has opened up their life to you. I pray that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. That you would make them new. That you would build in them eternal and abundant life. I pray for each of us who do know you. That you will help us, Lord, not become complacent and satisfied. But that we will long to know you more and to be the people you've called us to be. And this is our prayer in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hi, this is Foley Beach, and I want to thank you for listening to A Word from the Lord. I'm so grateful that we have this privilege of bringing the Word of God to you. If you're listening today and the Lord is speaking to your heart, the Lord is, is drawing you to Him. I want to invite you to open yourself to Him, to open your heart to invite Him to come and, and live in your life. It's really a simple prayer. Uh, Lord Jesus, I confess that You are the Lord. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I, I've messed up, and I ask Your forgiveness. And Lord Jesus, I want You to come and live in my life. So I invite You. I open myself to You. Come and indwell me in Your presence. It's not a difficult prayer, but it has to be a sincere prayer. It has to be something that you intend to do and to follow up on. And perhaps I'm speaking to somebody as well today who is a believer, and you're not where God wants you to be. Are you straight off the path? Are you living in disobedience or in sin right now, and you know it's wrong? Or He's asked you to do something, and, and you refuse to do it. Why not today say, yes, Lord? Why not today do what He wants you to do or stop doing what He doesn't want you to do. And get your life right to Him. Life's too short. It goes by so quick. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day the Lord wants to speak to you, to bless you, to guide you, to strengthen you. And this is my prayer for you this day. And the whole reason we at A Word from the Lord broadcast this radio program is that God might speak into your life, that you might be the person He's called you to be. That was Dr. Beach with today's message. For more information on this message and this ministry, please visit awordfromthelord.org. There you will find today's message and previously aired messages. 
where you can listen to them again and share them with friends and family. A word from the Lord.org has audio archives of Foley Beach's one minute radio feature and much more. So visit a word from the Lord.org for audio, articles, and information about the ministry. You can find a word from the Lord on Facebook and be sure to click the like button to follow our feed on Facebook. You can also follow Foley on Twitter. His Twitter address is twitter.com at Foley Beach. If you have any comments or questions about the program, you can contact Dr. Beach by email at foleybeach at awordfromthelord.org. Again, his email is foleybeach at awordfromthelord.org. You can contact us by mail. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. Our mailing address again is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. Whether you send us an email or write to us, we'd love to hear from you. A word from the Lord is made possible by God's grace through the continued prayers and loving financial support from you. We thank you for this opportunity to spread the hope of the gospel of Christ through this ministry. Join us again next time for the next broadcast of A Word from the Lord. For Dr. Beach and everyone here at A Word from the Lord, it is our prayer that you would be seeking a word from the Lord.